Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode 20 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. Well, unfortunately, today there's no WNBA, so we'll be going over the first round of the playoff matchups today with Pops. What's up, everybody? Let's get to work. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get ready for an exciting day. So, first off, we have the Utah Jazz versus the Denver Nuggets. Pops, how would you go first on this one? Sure. I mean, this is a game where there's a lot of question marks. Multiple injuries. Um, I'll be honest, I like Utah. But unfortunately, you know, the situation with Mike Conley uh, definitely changes my opinion a little bit. I'm personally not as high on Denver as most people are. Uh, That's been talked about before. Uh, Denver opened up as a a 3.5 point favorite. Currently at 4.5 to minus 5. Total at 218.5. It's gone down to 215 and a half. For me, the big question is this, and it has not, it, it's not just the Nuggets-Jazz game. It's, it's playoff NBA basketball in general. Does the pace of play slow down? Are we still going to see 151 to 150 finals? <laughs> or Maybe not unless it's the Rockets. <laughs> right? Or are we going to start to see typical basketball and specifically playoff basketball if you cross 100 105 points you're probably gonna win so for me i lean ever so slightly to utah and i'm interested to see just how much this total keeps dropping but it's a tough one for me i'm passing Okay, well, for the Jazz, they're ranked 13th when it comes to defense, and the Nuggets are ranked 16th when it comes to defense. So that'll be an interesting matchup because they're both pretty close when it comes to that. When it comes to their offense, the Jazz are ranked 9th and the Nuggets are ranked 5th. When it comes to the Nuggets ranking them 5th, I think it's because of what Michael Porter Jr. has done in the bubble so far. And, I mean, I feel like that's the whole reason why it's so high. Because they went from, like, ninth or 10th up to 5. So, for me, I have Donovan Mitchell at 8,000, which I feel like is a decent pick. Because he steps up when it comes to big moments. Um, Rudy Gobert, Gorbert, as I say it, 7,700. And uh, Big Papa Joe Ingles. <laughs> 5,300. I also know that for the Nuggets, Will Barton is coming back. I don't, I think he's questionable for today. He's either coming back this game or the next one. So that'll be interesting for the Nuggets because he was uh, one of like their keys last year in playing. So that's my um, drafting stuff on that game. I I love me some Will Barton. Um, but I think with the Michael Porter Jr. that Will Barton is the is the player that's most likely to be affected playing time wise, and Will Barton it's like he's criminally underrated, and I've always been a fan of his. Yeah. He's the perfect like he's Jordan Clarkson on steroids. <laughs> um, um, real fast. I, I have Michael Porter Jr. written down at 7,100, and then Jamal Murray at 6,5. What do you think about that? I think that's directly in, indicative of playing time. Um, 
you maybe Jamal's going to be on like a minutes restriction. Um, that's low, but I could also see where he's going to be over owned just because his salary is so low. Um, I would I would stay away from not only I'd actually stay away from both of them. That makes sense. Well, I just want to see that because I thought it was interesting that he was a little bit lower. The situation with Denver. Let let's please everyone. Let's not forget. I feel like I'm being I've been hard on 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 Denver, and maybe this is like the Phoenix Mercury That's moment. What I was just gonna say. But there's only one ball. Just remember that we don't play out there. It'd be awesome if if during an All Star game or something, all of a sudden they decided to play with two balls. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But right? until then, there's only one ball. That'd be cool. So next up, we have the Brooklyn Nets versus the Tornado Rappers. <laughs> so for me, I'm excited for this game. I feel like it'll be a faster-paced type of game, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, when it comes to the Nets, I like the Joe Harris pick at 4,700, and... One that I know we were pretty high on last time, Tyler Johnson. He's only 4500 today, and when he makes one, he makes them all. Right, Pops? He does. He can get it going. There's no doubt about that. I actually like Tyler Johnson more than Joe Harris, and here's why. Tyler Johnson, he can create for himself. Toronto, as you call them, Tornado, that defense is legit. Yeah, they've and, got the first or second best defense in the league. Yeah, and even then they're still underrated. Uh, but a spot-up spot Harris, a spot-up shooter like Joe Harris, Tornado's really good at taking away people's players' spots. And that's why I like Tyler Johnson, because Tyler Johnson can create his own. Yes. So with that said, Toronto opened up as a 10.5-point favorite. Uh, it was down to nine and a half. It's now back up to ten. Uh, the total two twenty-two and a half. Pretty much staying standard. Um, this is what's called recency bias. To me, the reason this line dropped in favor of the Nets briefly is just because of how Brooklyn played in that high-profile game against Portland. Um, and some people can allude to the fact that uh, you know Brooklyn's had a couple of major upsets in the bubble. Well, that's going to change. Tornado, they're gonna they're gonna sweep Brooklyn. Okay, well I do know that the Nets are five and three in the bubble, so great. We'll and see what happens with that. Sounds good. How many of those were? And remember when the bubble started, they were talking about like who did they bring, who's on their team. They were um, projecting them to come in just about last. Yeah, they they had the Phoenix Suns problem going into the bubble. <laughs> um, but listen, that's what's is the exact definition of recency bias. That 5-3 and three record that you alluded to, unfortunately that doesn't include a single playoff win. So the game changes, and yep. it changes today. Brooklyn doesn't win a game. And, hey, again, I like him. Yes, I like he him. does. I like Jock Vaughn. I like Karis LeVert, except when he shoots fadeaway 60-footers <laughs> from the side. So, yeah, no. Well, um, I, I like Toronto here. Okay, well, for the rappers, I got Kyle Lowry at 7,900. Pascal Sycam at 7,500. I really like that pick for the rappers because he, in my opinion, is the best player on the team. So with him being 7,5, I feel like that's kind of low. I do think he could be a little bit overrated. but Who's this? 
Saikam. Saikam's overrated? No. In the salary at 7500 Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> and then Fred Van Vliet at 6800 I know I've always, like, taken him in DraftKings, but every time I take him, he doesn't really do anything. And then when I don't take him, he goes off. So yeah. that's been frustrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's move on. Next up, we have the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Boston Celtics. The, so, go okay. ahead, Tati. No, you go. Okay. Well, one thing that I do like about the 76ers is Al Horford. I have never been a fan of his, and neither has Pops, really. And he's 7,200 today, but in the first round of the playoffs, he's going against his former team, the Celtics. Yes, he is. That's a good point. Boston opened up minus three and a half, currently at minus five and a half. Total opened up 218, currently 218 and a half. I'm a little surprised. I'm actually more than a little surprised. I'm very surprised that this line is so low. Um, I, I love Boston. I think they have the gigantic. I, I think there's, they have the biggest coaching advantage and biggest coaching mismatch of any first-round playoff series this year. That's a, that, to me, is worth at least three points. At least. So, for okay. me, on a neutral court, because we're playing, obviously, in the bubble, you're going to tell me with the Philadelphia injury situation that Boston's only essentially three, two and a half, three points better than the Sixers? No. There's no chance. I love Boston here. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that some weird fluke shot's going to go in at the buzzer by Philly, Mike Scott, and he's gonna, only going to win by four. But Boston's the better team. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Boston swept Philly. Uh, I think I said that on the last podcast, so I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'm sipping the, the Celtics Kool-Aid, and I've been sipping it since they went into the bubble. I actually said, I think, on one of our first episodes that the teams that I really was looking forward to watching in the bubble and the teams that I thought were going to outperform expectations are ones with very strong leadership coaches. That's why we, part of the reason why we like the Phoenix Suns with Monty Williams, and that's another reason why we like Boston with Brad Stevens. I think Boston's playing really well together, relatively young. They're going to show out this. This is their shiny moment. Boston, in a rout, they win by at least 14 points. Okay. Well, I have a stat written down that for each time, like, Jason Tatum is isolated, ISO as they call it, um, there's a 1.09 points per chance he does that. So, like, each time he goes for an ISO, he's projected, like, to score one point. <laughs> okay. Um, so that could come off of, like, a foul. But last year it was, like, less than, like, half a point that he would score off of ISO. So that just shows how much better he's gotten. Um, another one that I think is interesting for Boston is Kemba Walker, 6,900. I'm sure he'll probably be overrated, too, when it comes to the drafting salary. Um, but because he's more of a vet and has been in a couple playoff positions, I feel like that he knows what he's going to do, and he's, like, smart on that. So, in that case, I do like Kemba Walker. Um, Jason Tatum, 8,500. I like that pick, too. He's been playing really well, and overall, he's just a great player. 
When it comes to the 76ers, Joel Embiid is 10,200, which is the second most for the day. And I'm not sure I agree with that because, first off, he's still technically injured. And he's going to have to play a bunch of minutes with Ben Simmons being out in order to even win the game. So he'll get tired, maybe, who knows, he might even get injured again, which hopefully he doesn't. But with that being said, like, he is going to get the start, and I don't know how long he's going to be able to handle that. So I dislike the pick at 10,200 of Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris is 7,800. Josh Richardson is 5,500. And like I said, Al Horford's 7,200. I, uh... Good breakdown. I love Kimba Walker today. Who? I think he gets anywhere he wants. Thibault, maybe? Oh, yeah. the rook- Yeah, he's a rookie still. Is he the one that's going to guard Kimba? Most likely. him. He's going to guard um, Kimba or Tatum. I, I think. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely because one then of those it also two. comes down to Josh Richardson. So, in my opinion, I think that Thibault's a little bit bigger. I think he might be guarding Tatum. You think so? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> so next up, pops will go first on this one. We have the Dallas Mavericks versus the L A Clippers. All right, the Clippers open up minus five. Currently minus six. Total is 226.5. It's gone all the way up to 229. This is supposed to be the track meet game of the day. All the way up. <laughs> I am not a believer in the comeovers. <laughs> You're hilarious. Fox. I love the Clippers here. And, and here's, here's the funny part. Traditionally, I like me some underdogs. But... When you go from one type of setting to another, and as we've described, we've gone from bubble basketball to now playoff basketball, things change. And when these things change, you, meaning any of us that are either speaking on this podcast or anyone listen to it, you want to stay ahead of the curve. This is a perfect example, just like the Nets, just like the Nuggets with Michael Porter Jr. This is the exact definition of recency bias. You have Dallas, who had some exciting games in the bubble. And you have the Clippers, who haven't lived up to they haven't done as great as what was projected of them coming into the bubble so automatically there must be something wrong you see newspaper articles of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George working on their chemistry together please guys you guys cannot forget that the Clippers really haven't had much to play for in the bubble no for the most part their spot's been solidified pretty much since they got there so, you think something's going to change in them now that they actually do have something to play for? Absolutely. This line is criminal. There's no way. The Mavericks in the last five minutes of games are the worst team in the NBA. They're the least efficient. 
because you already know that Luca it's is going to hold Luca. the ball for 19 seconds. Then he's going to start his little shiftiness that's going to end up with a going backwards Karis Levert type of jumper. Or a lopped Porzingis. This is this line. You guys, please don't fall for the recency bias. Just because you watch SportsCenter <laughs> doesn't mean you're an expert. Please understand that tens of millions of people watch SportsCenter every single day. They're getting the same exact information that you are. Be different, people. Oh, my god. Clippers in a route. They win by at least 14. Kind of like the previous game. Yeah, right? 126 to 111. Clippers won. So, Luka is 11,000 the most today in drafting salary. Next up is Porzinga, Porzingis at 8,300. And Tim Hardaway Jr. at 5,700. And for the Clippers, Kawhi is 9,800. Paul George, 8,100. Lou Williams, 6,000, which is my favorite pick. And Marcus, no, Markeith Morris at 4,200. And, you know, actually for the Clippers, Harrell is questionable. Do you think that'll play a role in the Clippers if he does play? No. Okay, then. I mean, Pops is pretty firm on that one. <laughs> and actually, Porzingis is questionable, but I'm pretty sure he is going to play. He will. And I don't really have any t much strong opinions on this. On this game when it comes to, like, DraftKings, except for Lou Williams. He's my pick of the day, pick of the game. So I do like him. From the last game, yes, I know Clippers sat all their starters and it doesn't really matter. But did you know that three players got 50-plus minutes? 50-plus? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, I did not know that. It's pretty crazy. I got news for you, though. No one's playing 50 minutes tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, there's no chance this game goes to overtime. None. Well, I don't have any strong opinions on that game because if I say Mavericks, everybody's going to, I don't know. You I know, don't have a strong opinion. You know who the most valuable player is on the, on the, on the Mavericks? Who? Rick Carlisle. The coach. <laughs> He's the MVP. Listen, I like Dallas. I really do. But I just really don't like it when everyone's jumping on the same bandwagon. I just don't like it. Yeah, that makes sense. Everybody is jumping onto them during the bubble. So, we'll see what happens with the Mavericks. Um, I think it'll I think it'll be an interesting playoff matchup. Do you have anything else to wrap it up and then I'll um, yeah, I, you know, I want I want the, our, our our listeners to know that Tati's getting a little frustrated with me right now. She thinks I'm like either in a bad mood or <laughs> or just I'm going in on everybody today. And you know, I, I guess some weird things could happen. I mean, Jim Herman won last week on the PGA Tour, so I mean, if if he can shoot 61, 63, <laughs> hitting the ball as low as he does, as old as he is, then I guess Team Comover. 
He, they could surprise. That's but true. I doubt it. Oh, yeah, you guys, thanks again for listening. Got a really important day today, uh, from a from a family standpoint. So I got to get moving. But I hope everyone has a great day. Please continue to listen and be prepared. We're about to switch platforms. Um, we've we've been able to to make some moves with this podcast, and we're excited for that. So please stay tuned uh, as we switch platforms. Yes, speaking of Jim Herman, his apex the other day was like 36 feet when other players were like 120. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Well, I thank you all for tuning in. Yes, I know it was just NBA today, but I promise you tomorrow will be WNBA and NBA. So thank you guys all for tuning in. Please stay tuned with all our other episodes. We're excited to be doing this with you guys. That wraps up episode 20 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.